Hello, podcast listeners. This is Daniel Friedlander, and this is the Nintendo Podcast, or LithCast, episode 45 for August 1st, 2008, birthday edition. listeners this is daniel friedlander and it is august 1st 2008 lithcast episode 45 and as you heard me say it was our birthday episode but before i get into anything more about our birthday or the news or whatever um, i'm just going to quickly mention what that song uh known as go dots theme i hope i know i know i'm sure i'm saying the name wrong or um according to the artist the more hardcore fans the fragrance of dark coffee which is a song or a piece of music from Phoenix Wright, Ace Attorney. I'm not sure if it's actually that specific one, but it's from the Phoenix Wright series. And um, that actually was a real saxophone uh, playing. And that was by our listener, Ethan Silverman. And so uh, he sent that in, uh, him playing. And so I'm, I'm very, very much honored to have a, a human played piece of Nintendo related video game music for our birthday episode um it's actually one day after lithcast's birthday but yesterday um july 31st was lithcast's third birthday it was july 31st um 2005 when i put up the first episode of lithcast now the first episode of now lithcast had sort of been in planning a, a little bit before that but i consider the first podcast that we ever released to be the first birthday. That was back when we were just called Nintendo Podcast. And actually, I think on iTunes, probably, I think we're still called, we're just called Nintendo Podcast. Maybe I should change that. But uh, um, those of you who listen to LithCast, um, as many of you, I think, have been listening since episode one. But, you know, here we are 45 episodes later and still kicking. We got a great site. Um, I'm now the sort of the editor at thehylia.com. So, I mean, a lot, lot's changed uh, since 
since the first episode of Lithcast. And um, normally for our birthday, I'm gonna talk. I guess I'll talk a little bit about birthday talk, and then I'll talk a little bit about some other things. Um, a lot of you and I just noticed this just because of the way numbers work. Lithcast always becomes more popular. And the highly always comes more popular, you know, around the time of E3. We just had the E3 uh, conference in Los Angeles, um, you know, uh, about 15 or so days ago. And so a lot of you guys are tuning in. So I'm not going to be telling you guys a lot of stuff that's particularly new. I will be giving my opinion on some stuff, but um, none of it's particularly new as far as news go goes. Um, I suppose those of you that are kind of casual listeners that just use this podcast for your gaming news, I guess you will know what went on in the world of Nintendo. But at any rate, I guess we'll just start off um, with the birthday stuff. Um, so as I mentioned, uh, today is Lith- I mean, yesterday was Lithcast's third birthday, and um, I'm very happy that it, Lithcast has been able to uh, keep going for three years. Yeah, the ep- episode's maybe a little bit more sparse than I would have liked. Um uh, but I mean, heck, even I was planning on doing a more, more, uh, cl- cl- you know, I mean, this is sort of my postmortem E3 episode and we're talking about like two weeks after, after the fact. So yeah, um, a little late. Um, but that is just the way it is. I'm very kind of, I'm very busy. And, um, in fact, the reason I wanted to do this today was because I'm going to be busy this weekend because I am actually going out of town on on Tuesday, this coming Tuesday, August 5th. Uh, and so as far as the people that are on the forums, Mr. Storm and Endor, um, although actually maybe not even, they'll, they'll probably be on vacation, various things as well. We'll have to watch over you all. Although I will be on the internet, so don't worry, I will be around, but I won't be making podcasts because I'm not bringing all my podcast gear because, um, I am actually going on a trip to the East Mediterranean and, to some countries I've actually never been to, uh, like Egypt and Israel. So that'll be very cool. Um, so anyway, it's gonna be. It should be a fun trip, but I'll. It'll be. A, it's a long trip. It's about two weeks. So I'm, I'm going with my family. So it'll be very fun. Um, but so that's why I figured I'd make a podcast today as opposed to well, never. How about that? So. Uh. In addition to the usual things that, you know, comes with a birthday, like like come with a birthday, like being happy and celebratory, at LithCast, we always like to do a little contest. And so last year, I, I think we ran a, a contest and I didn't hype it probably as much. I think this time I'm going to do it a little bit differently. Um, but it was a contest where you could go to LithCast.com. There was a little uh, rec- flash-based or Java-based recorder on the site and you could record, and I said, record your best DS cubed impersonation. DS cubed is me, by the way. Actually, I don't know why I'm not using DS cubed more often. I think it's probably because Nintendo shut down the Nintendo Insider forums. But actually, believe it or not, I'm actually going to get to that a little bit later. Um, and so I think people don't refer to me as DS cubed. But if you go to the Lithcast forums, lithcast.com slash forums, um, I'm known as DS cubed around those parts. And so I asked you guys to submit your best DS cubed impression last year for a birthday contest. We had a few prizes. We had, um, boy, you know, I can't even remember the prize. I know one of them was a Nintendo Power subscription. One was a um, copy of Brain Age and something else. I, I could, I'll figure it out. Um, 
what our I, I, I gotta say I completely forgot what our birthday what our what our prizes were. I mean, I remember. I mean, I, I remember. Okay, yeah, I got it. So, basically, third prize was a one-year subscription to Nintendo Power Magazine, plus any of the following extras, which is, you know, like a t-shirt or something. Second prize was a Lithcast sweatshirt, and then first prize was a copy of Brain Age 2. Uh, so, Nintendo sort of helped with uh, last year's, uh, with our third and first prizes. Um, the second prize was donated by me, though. Uh, a Lithcast hoodie. Uh, and... So, anyway... This year, I'm not a hundred percent sure what to, what to give you guys. So what I what I did is on lithcast.com under the bulletin board board, I said, well, okay, we want to do a con- I want to do a contest this year, but I'm not a hundred percent sure what to do. Um, I've gotten, I have had people tell me that I should have people like draw what they think DS cubed looks like, which I, I think would be interesting. Um, and that's on my list, but it's probably not my preferred thing. I, I probably shouldn't have mentioned it because I want, I want emails from you guys, or you can post this in the, the thread on Lithcast. Uh, of course, I will, um, I'll post the link in the show notes as I always do. Um, well, I think I always put show notes. I, I, I usually put show notes. I will post, uh, this in the show notes, the, uh, where you can get the place to submit this. But what I want is I want three things. Uh, and I want you to send this an e- to, to me in an email. You can go to lithcast.com slash, is it slash contact? Oh, I don't know. I think you can just go to lithcast.com, click contact us, and then you can just submit an email there. Or email me, nintendopod at gmail.com, nintendocast at gmail.com. Or, by the way, I have another email address that I really only use at the Hylia, but I mean, it's, it all goes to pretty much the same place. You can also email me at daniel at lithcast.com. Any of these are fine. Um... Send that. Send me an email. And I want three things. I want one. I want an idea for a contest, and I make, you know, make it a fun idea. Um, you know, like I said, last year did impressions. Um, it could be a video contest, Photoshop contest, whatever you want, and whatever you choose, I'll publicize it on the next podcast, and then probably the podcast after that. I'll try to keep it a little less, uh, a little less sparse. We will finally get this contest probably wrapped up in a few podcasts from now. Uh, the second thing I want is I want an idea for prizes. Um, most of you on the forums have been saying Wii points cards or, or Microsoft gamer points. I don't think I'm going to give out Microsoft gamer points just because I think it's counter contrary to the way this podcast is. Um, I know not all of you can utilize every, I mean, no matter what we get, we, you got, we, not everyone can utilize it. For example, if it's a DS game or if it's, uh, you know, if it's something like that, I mean, if you don't have a DS, I mean, you're pretty much out of luck. Uh, Wii points are good, but you have to have a Wii. So, um, any of these are fine, but just set, send me ideas for prizes. You, you know, don't go too crazy, but, um, if you want, you could just list off things and things that you would be interested in, uh, getting from Lithcast here. And if it, if it's something we can get Nintendo to help us with or you know, get retailers to help us with or something, um, I will try to do that. Uh, and then the last thing is just anything you would like to say, like a birthday memory of wishes, uh, anything like that. Um, maybe just, just give a, give a shout out and I will, you know, and I will, uh, be happy to read those all. So just send them off to nintendopod at gmail.com, nintendocast at gmail.com, daniel at lithcast.com. Any of these are all fine or go to lithcast.com, click contact us or there will be the link in the show notes to the birthday thread. If you have a membership on the forums, which of course you, which of course you do, um, then you can post it there, but no pressure though to get a mem membership on the forums that's okay i don't i don't like podcasts that do that anyway <laughs> uh
so that's that. Um, but in addition to that, I thought I would just talk a little bit about the, the birthday. So I have no idea exactly what to do with the prizes, but I, you know, I'm willing to listen to your suggestions. Um, I gotta say, it's pretty amazing to me that it's been three years to me. It seems actually like it's been, um, longer than three years, which probably isn't a good thing that I'm saying that, but I, this is just how it feels, uh, to me. I mean, not that it's been a long, a long year that I haven't enjoyed every single minute of it. It's just that, I don't know. It just somehow seems to me like, like three years seems like so pathetic. No, I mean, and, uh, you know, it's funny. I mean, I, I think I always tell this story about how I sort of got into the Nintendo business and I'm doing air quotes here because I'm not really making very much money. In fact, actually I'm not making any money on this, uh, lith, on, on Lithcast or whatever, because I donate all the profits or if we ever have any, um, but, you know, because of that, I was like, you know, I always like to tell this story. So I remember when I, I mean, I was, I had always played Nintendo games and, you know, as a, as a child, my first game, I really, 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 that got me into gaming was Pokemon Blue version. Um, so, you know, for the Game Boy Color. And so, you know, before then, I never considered myself a big gamer and technically you know what actually I still really don't I mean I consider myself among in the group of hardcore gamers as opposed to casual gamers but I gotta say I don't spend all that much time playing video games I really enjoy a lot more the business side or the the speculative side um speaking of which by the way there is a there's an article in the in the uh, was it Wall Street Journal that I read yesterday um that was about saying that Nintendo's profits jumped about 33 percent and I couldn't believe it but we will once again, talk about that a little bit later. Uh, there is also the, I remember, so I remember it was back, I think, E3 2004. Um, back when E3 was really a little bit more than, say, what it was this year or what it was last year. Um, you know, E3 was a huge event. And I remember they had unveiled the DS. And I saw the DS. I'm like, wow, that's so cool. Because at that time, the Game Boy was by far my favorite system ever. I mean, I had a Game Boy Advance. I had a Game Boy Advance SP. Um so the Game Boy was by far my favorite system, and it was something that I really, really enjoyed. And something that, as soon as I heard there was a successor to it, immediately, you know, started jumping up and down. I actually went to, I finally joined Nintendo's Insider Forums, um, which I which I deeply miss. Um, back in two thousand and four, I joined I joined their forums, and you know, I don't know, I think I was a semi good member of the forums uh and you know i really you know now that i suppose you don't really appreciate something until you till you till you, till you lost it but uh i really am sad that they that they can those um but anyway they're um so i i really spent a lot of time at the nintendo insider forums talking particularly about the ds um, I then afterwards, there was a website, I think it's, I mean, it's now owned by a site that's not particularly large anymore. Um, and I think that, I mean, the site does, the site itself does not exist. Um, but it was a site called dsfans.com. And I think it's now been redirecting now to a, to a site called gamehabit.com and to their forums. And, you know, they have a few, uh, you know, their forums are, you know, it's just a small 15,000 post, um, forum i mean it's about it's not a very big forum um but back then i remember when it was a real you know like a 
it was like a site and it was a very cool site where, you know, you could be like, I was like an editor sort of, and I was just posting up news on dsfans.com about the DS. And as soon as I found something, I would just post it up, you know, write up a little summary of it, post it, post it there. So that was sort of what, that was sort of my first, my first, uh, my first gig, so to speak. Uh, and then I think I started after, after that, I think then I, when I heard, when I was watching, I was, you know, I was, I sort of become an Apple fan back in 2003, you know, fan of Macintosh computers. And so I was always watching the Steve Jobs keynotes cause he's a very good keynote speaker. And I was watching the one, I think it was, must've been June or I think it might've been WWDC, um, the worldwide developer conference in 2005. And he talked about podcasts and how he's going to how they're going to be how podcasts are going to be incorporated into iTunes. And I thought like that would be so cool to be able to have like a radio show just to be able to like have essentially what is an online radio show and have people subscribe to it. And, you know, your voice can be heard and people could automatically download it, carry it on their iPods. I mean, now it's amazing how many things have podcast support in them. Things like even like the Amazon Kindle. Um, a lot of things have podcasts. I don't, actually, I don't know if the Kindle does, but, and so it's amazing that the accessibility of podcasting has really grown. Um, but at the same time, I, and I was saw this keynote. I mean, I was really in, in amazement. A little did I know, I mean, about a month or two later, I really wanted to start my own podcast. I was just, deter- I was determined to start one. Uh, so I, I didn't actually have a good microphone. I was actually using my, my Apple eyesight webcam, which actually is sitting yeah, very close to me right now. It's still my webcam, but uh, I would actually used to hold it in front of my mouth, uh, and it's, it was it was an okay camera. It was actually co- comparable to a lot of the podcasts out there. Very you know pretty decent audio quality. Uh, the reason for this was because I mean no one really bothered to have decent audio audio quality, and, and of course when I say decent, I mean like as in what we're talking about right now, like what I'm using right now. My microphone setup currently is pretty good, but not not like an amazing microphone setup. And yes, I, I spent, I invested in a good microphone. But back then, not back then, I mean, it's not like an old guy here. But back when podcasting, not when I first started, but at least when, when Apple first incorporated it, people didn't take it nearly as seriously. And people weren't, um, I mean, I think there were some people from the get-go that took it very seriously. Uh, people like Leo Laporte. But uh, at the same time, there really weren't the... I think not everybody who podcasts sounded as nearly as good as they do now. Uh, you can just go back to the early episodes of Lithcast. I don't think they're still there because I think the feed only keeps the most recent 25 episodes of Lithcast. But, you know, if you went back to the episode one, you heard it, you'd say, well, one thing, I was a much not quite as uh, confident talking into a microphone. But secondly, also not as uh, not as good. Not, not It didn't sound nearly as good. And I was using Apple I remember I... Uh, it wasn't very easy to get that to work. The diameter of the Apple iSight is roughly the diameter of a bottle of baby shampoo. So actually what I had done at one point, because the microphone kind of sits on top of the iSight camera, I actually uh, had actually taped it to the top of a bottle of baby shampoo. So it would sort of sit at mouth level uh, to try to get a little better sound because the iSight camera, the more you used it, the, it got really, really hot. And so and in addition to the fact that it was just annoying to carry and just hold in your hand the entire podcast. And back then, lithcasts were a little longer, probably because I couldn't get my points across as fast. But they're still long. The podcasts are still long. They're just not as long. They used to be hour and a half, two hours. So, you know, I, now I'm able to get my point across a lot faster. 
and you know to hold a microphone not really a not even a microphone a webcam that gets really really hot in your hands that doesn't even sound that good to begin with so it's like you're suffering for nothing there was that uh, in addition to that, when I when Steve Jobs first announced podcasting, I had sort of a vision that I thought, oh, Apple's going to host all of the files. I had really no idea. I didn't realize that it's not like quite like iTunes. Not everything is, you know, even though it is Apple, not everything was perfectly streamlined. Apple's not gonna, not about to host everybody who's doing a podcast that wants to host on iTunes podcast there. Um, so, you know, that's that's how that that went. So. I had to go find some place to host my podcast. Well, I wasn't about to drop any money really about to, to, to do this podcast. You know, hence the reason I was using my eyesight camera, which I already owned. I wasn't about to drop any money on to do this podcast. So I found a website called blipmedia.org or .net or no, sorry. Was, yeah, wait, I don't know. It doesn't really matter. They're out of business now, but there was just a, a site that offered free podcast hosting. So I used that and they were one of the first sites, um, the bandwidth, they couldn't really handle much bandwidth. And I remember back when we were the first Nintendo podcast. And I shouldn't say we were the first Nintendo podcast. There actually was a feed called, I think it was called like Nintendo Potter. Or called, or called like, or called uh, like, oh no, it's it called like Insider Nintendo Podcast. As in like the Nintendo Insider Forums. Um, it had actually never, it was a feed that had no audio in it, so... I, I guess technically we were the first Nintendo podcast, at least on iTunes. Um, anyway, I remember when the competition came down. I remember when this podcast called Nintendo Now came around. Uh, you might know them a little better now. I, I remember them back then, but you might know them now as GoNintendo.com. But I knew I knew him before he was famous, sort of. Um, so I remember when that podcast came around, it was a big thing. I was like, oh, geez, no competition. So and I remember The Wire, The Wire that podcast, which was back then called the revolution report. So I remember a lot of these podcasts, um, because I've, yeah, I've been doing, I think I've, as far as podcasting goes, I've been doing podcasting comparably quite long compared to a lot of people, although not everyone. Uh, so eventually I had to sort of, I sort of bounced around different hosts hosting the podcast. We actually at one point had msn.com donate some bandwidth sort of like how leo laporte the tech broadcaster has has aol donating bandwidth uh we still sort of have that going on now but um i mean i don't use it i guess is what i'm saying i think the offer is still there switch pod came around i think now we've got a very very much a secure very very uh, stable method of hosting so it's uh, works pretty well um the other thing was that I remember I launched Nintendo-Podcast.com that was on a server without MySQL or any databasing software. So basically it was a completely informational page, which was great, but I wanted to have forums, so I moved the servers over. We got some better audio equipment. It turned out that was a complete waste of money. I'm never going to do that. I'm never going to just trust the people at the at the Pro Audio store again. Uh, mostly it was because we had my friend James on, and, uh, you know, I want... Wanted to be able to have better audio, so I got a mixer. Uh, but I'm never gonna trust the people at the pro audio store again because, as far as what they recommended, it really wasn't as good as what I really wasn't what I needed, and I could have got a well what I needed, better sound quality for a lot less money. Uh, so you really got to do your research, and I found a good a good place to do research was once again Leo Laporte, but not really. Um, was his friend Alex Lindsay at Pixel Core P I X. E L C O R P S dot TV. They have this show called 
Gear Media Tech. And there's only about 17 episodes. I wish they would have done more episodes. But they have some of the best guides as far as how to buy microphones. And then also uh, podcastingtricks.com. As far as how I... I mean, I remember now it's sort of funny. I, I look like a real dinosaur the way I do my podcast. Because if you look at my podcast, um, uh, you'll notice that, like, you know, it doesn't have as much iTunes day. It doesn't always have all the durations. doesn't have all the album art. Well, that's because I'm still doing my podcast the old way. And I know it's, uh, it, sounds, it sounds almost funny. But, uh, and actually, I was considering... Um, Re, you know, relearning XML and just and trying to maybe fix up this feed, my feeds though, because back when I started doing the podcast, there weren't programs like Feed for All and X, making an RSS feed that was podcastable wasn't quite as easy. So like I had went to a CNET.com article. I don't know if they still have it, but it tells you how to get this whole podcast thing working. And it, you know, it actually gives you the code and everything. So, I mean, I've been Every, every every single show has has to be all the XML all has to be uh, hand coded, and uh, you know to some extent to be make it podcastable. I mean, and thanks um, to FeedBurner.com, that's a little bit easier, but you know it's still not quite so easy. And I've been doing that ever since. And I'm thinking like, well, I really could do doing this a lot easier if I didn't have to hand code the XML. So I guess what I'm saying is that back when it's, it's nowadays podcasting is so much easier. You can go to a site like switchpod.com or to uh, podomatic.com or mypodcast.com. And they practically do everything for you. Heck, they even have the recording software on their site based in Flash. Now, I'm not saying I use, I mean, I think that's, I, think, I don't think I would switch over to an on-site based recording thing because I like do my own recording and do my own editing. But and yes, actually, we do we do edit the show, um, but at the same time, there is also something to be said for, uh, you know, just having more control. So I don't know. I mean, we have been doing this podcast, or at least I should say, I'm saying we, but I really mean I, but I really mean we, because there are a lot of people that really had to help to contribute to this. Of course, uh, in no small part, thanks to our moderators on the forums, you know, Endor. Uh, Mr. Storm and our original moderator Arbiter very much very much appreciated him when he was moderating the forums although he's still moderating general discussion I could because uh, he's just so good we just couldn't let him go and uh, you know I really I really do thank the moderators and of course there's always there are countless people to thank I mean I can think of at least 20 or 30 people that I you know probably you guys don't know so well but um, but at any rate and of course, I also want to thank, um, thank you guys, the listeners. Um, if the podcast, I, I, I hate to say I'm a materialistic person, but I think, or a numbers guy, but I think if the podcast weren't as popular as it was, or I think if I had anything on anyone, I mean, I say, I, I consider myself, I'm not like IGN.com where I don't need, I don't need a million listeners to make me happy here. Like as long as I have over a hundred, which is, I mean, we're well, we're well into that. I mean, we're well, we're well over a hundred, but as long as I have at least like a, a number that I could just picture as being enough people that actually want to sit down and download my podcast and then listen to it. I mean, that really is what keeps, what keeps you going. And as far as, uh, doing all this stuff and as far as, you know, being the, um, editor at the Hylia, I mean, I'll give you a good example. Um, at the com, good example coming up here, uh, 
they're a very popular site, more popular than so more so than lithcast.com, more so than surprisingly large. I mean, it's, very, it's really odd how popular they are, and I, I don't, I, I wonder sometimes why, but um, I, I know it's not thanks to me or anything. So uh, I really wonder why, but they have these soundtracks you can download them there. There's Zelda soundtracks. And basically, you can download the music from every single Zelda game that's ever been published. Now, to me, that seems like a really cool thing. And it was actually one of my favorite features of the Hylia before I became the editor and when I was just going. In fact, it still is. It's even something I prefer even over my own writing. But at any rate, I guess when they moved servers or something or when the site changed hands from Mike Damiani, um, I, you know, I have... uh, some of you guys might know Mike Damiani better as TSA. He was a sage on the Nintendo Insider forums, um, but he used to run the, run the site. And he passed. He passed. I guess he sort of you could say he passed the torch, or whatever whatever you want to say. Um, but because of that, he. I guess when the server changed, the soundtracks all kind of got a little messed up, and you can't download the soundtracks anymore. And it's kind of a shame because it's one of my favorite features. I get at least a few emails a week from people at the Hylia say, okay, look, where, where are the soundtracks? And I, I get fewer now because I made a posting on the Hylia because I've been emailing the administration at the Hylia because unfortunately I don't have quite the amount of server access that, um, that everyone else that you might, you might think that someone who's running a site would have, I don't know. It's more of a, I don't, for example, I don't have FTP access, no cPanel. But for those of you who don't know what that means, basically that means I basically can control the news and a few other things, but not much else. So I couldn't really fix the soundtracks myself, and you know I don't even know if they want the soundtracks to work. So, I mean, maybe they do, but maybe they don't. So I basically went on, I'm going on like a little mission here, where I am trying to compile all of the Zelda soundtracks basically uh, through whatever means necessary. And I have most of them. I don't have all of them, but I'm trying to put, then put them all, host them all myself and then put them up on lithcast.com. So if you go to lithcast.com slash Zelda hyphen music, you can see I've already uploaded a link to the past and, um, what else have I uploaded? Oh, and, and twilight princess and twilight princess was the biggest challenge. Uh, the reason, the thing that really, uh, um, actually, no, actually I cannot say, actually, I realize I actually, I actually, I'm actually, Cannot say. Well, that's actually funny. I've never really ran into a contractual problem here on Lithcast. Um, so actually, I can't get into too much more detail, but I'm putting up all these soundtracks. If anybody has access to certain, some of them, like um, I think it's Oracle of the Ages, Oracle of the Seasons, and there are a few other ones. I'll post the... Um, um, you know, actually, let me just get the list of the ones I don't have. All right, through the magic of podcasting, I have now the list in front of me. So I have most of the games, although I don't know. This must not be very updated because I do have that one. Um, So I've got a list here of all the Zelda games that I want. I don't want any of the Phillips ones, to be honest with you. And I don't think most of the people who are going to be accessing the soundtracks even want to know that I own those soundtracks or any part of that game. So I don't think this will be a problem. Uh, But here's here's what I need. If any of you guys have access to any of these soundtracks, I mean the full soundtracks, they need to be good quality and everything. Uh, Oracle of the Seasons, Oracle of the Ages, Four Swords, although I could have sworn I had Four Swords, but I guess... um, Nope, nope. Upon doing a search, I do not have Four Swords. Um, 
Phantom Hourglass, and that's it. I have every other... I have the soundtrack from every other Zelda game. Isn't that amazing, actually, that I've been able to get this all? No, I'm not trying to flatter myself or anything. I'm just saying that... Uh, I mean, I couldn't even get these off the highlight yet. But the internet's just amazing, I gotta say. The fact that I can get all these soundtracks is, from the internet is just absolutely amazing. And you guys are the internet. And I have further... I have faith that the internet can help me complete this Zelda soundtrack collection. While not all of the soundtracks are even up, I just want to at least have them all in my possession. And I believe me, I got my hands full as far as getting those up because I have to put them up. I've, I actually, I guess more another XML story, more XML to, to do here. I got to put them in the Flash player. There's a whole bunch of stuff. It's a, it's a, it's a several day project for each of these soundtracks, at least for me. Uh, and then I also have to have the server capacity. And I don't have a lot right now, but I'm still making still making some room uh, for for the soundtracks, um, you know. But I say this is not easy to host these soundtracks. Uh, bear with me for those of you who go to the Highland who want the soundtracks up. I t- I'm telling you, I have a link to the past in Twilight Princess up. Twilight Princess was the toughest one to put up; has the most tracks of any of the other uh, games. So it was the toughest one to put up. So as far so, thankfully that the biggest single soundtrack is now done. Um, but you can look forward to being, I guess, able to download Zelda soundtracks at lithcast.com. Oh, the other thing that's kind of neat is because, of course, I'm a podcaster, uh, is I have up there, if you go to lithcast.com slash Zelda hyphen music, you'll notice that um, under each of these, under each of these, like Twilight Princess, for example, or A Link to the Past, it has, you know, it's got the flashback, it has the list of the songs. I don't have the list of the songs for Twilight Princess. Yet. And at the very bottom, it says click here for XML feed. Um, the XML feed basically is, you know, just the feed that people use for podcasts and you actually can take, copy that link, go into iTunes and hit subscribe, copy and then paste that link in. And actually you can actually automatically download all the soundtracks at once, just as you could download all the episodes of a podcast. So it's very neat. And I think adding XML, putting it into an XML feed is just another way of trying to sort of make it a little bit better than what the Hylia had going. Um, but then again, of course, they have all the soundtrack. They had all the soundtracks up. I'm trying to get these up very quickly, but of course, I'm very busy. I'm going out of town August 5th. I won't be able to do much work. Out, I won't be able to do any work on the soundtracks August, you know, between August 5th and the 20th. Um, but I do have those first two, and I don't expect to get any more up before the end of the summer. But, um, but you know, you can expect that I will have, um, you know. You can expect that eventually, eventually, all of these Zelda soundtracks will be up. And of course, as I say, if any of you guys have access to Oracle of the Seasons, Oracle of the Ages, Four Swords, yeah, those three games, if you have this access to the soundtracks, not the game themselves, but the soundtracks. And I don't want them off. I don't want them off YouTube. Like I said, I just want a folder of soundtracks, and with the, I hope preferably with the names of the songs. Excuse me. Uh, I hope that microphone glitched and okay. Uh, if you have that, please email me nintendopod at gmail.com, nintendocast at gmail.com, daniel at lithcast.com, or go to lithcast.com, click contact. One of those, any of those is fine. Uh, let me know, and that would be much appreciated. And uh, we'll all have to arrange some way to get those from you, maybe through like an AIM direct transfer or something of that nature. Or if you know if there's a link where to get these soundtracks, uh, if it's a torrent, I will even torrent them. It's, you know, I guess what I was trying to say was that um, the point of me talking about these Zelda soundtracks was because it just amazes me that like 
and this is just this is all just sort of a story here to just show you guys how much you guys mean, because while this is maybe slightly more geared towards those at the Hylia, it, it's just amazing that I think if I didn't have as many people listening to the podcast, I don't think I would be doing this much this much as far in regard to that because as far as profit goes, there's no profit. I mean, this is something I do for fun, and it's something I plan to keep doing. I think uh, fifty more years, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, certainly, certainly at least three more years. I couldn't, I couldn't live with myself if this only, if this only lasted three years. I think, because Lithcast is such, is so great. Um, so, anyway, that's that's probably all I'm going to say about the about the um, birthday. Um, happy birthday to Lithcast. Um, and you know, thanks a lot to all of you for for sticking around, listening to the podcasts. Thanks for you know being at the forums and the other things you guys you guys do. I think the next thing though is to, uh, oh, and as I just, as I just mentioned, we have, we're going to have a birthday contest, but I need you guys to email me nintendopod at gmail.com. I need you guys to email me, tell me what you want for a contest, what you want as prizes and any other birthday wishes you have. Send those along. Um, so that's good. Let's talk a little bit about what happened with Nintendo recently. Um, now it's not a, I mean, it's not like, oh, what happened with Nintendo? Nintendo did, did Nintendo die? No, not quite like that. But what I mean is that recently, July, mid-July, for those of you that watched our live video stream of the event, thank you very much for watching. Uh, we streamed live Nintendo's E3 media briefing, and we had a lot of fun. I had certainly a lot of fun going. Got to meet some interesting people from a. Uh, Various websites like websites like GearLive.com, CNET.com. Um, so uh, that was fun to go to Nintendo's uh, press conference. That's always really fun. But the only thing, except though, this year was not as great because of a few things. The first is well, in fact, the main one is the announcements. Um, and I know everyone's a little bit. Everyone who has heard about this is a little bit pissed off. Anybody who saw the uh, conference video, and of course, if you missed the live stream, you can of course go to lithcast.com right now. Although now, I guess after I post this podcast, it'll be in the archives, but it'll be in July. I have the full 65-minute video of Nintendo's press conference. Um, and if you if you can bear to sit through it, go ahead and do it. Uh, you're absolutely welcome to. I didn't post it on the RSS feed, although I plan to um, perhaps posted on the feed sometime in in late august just to sort of maybe hold you guys over uh, while i'm on a trip who knows i don't know what i'm gonna do i may not post it at all because it's a you know it's a big bandwidth thing but you know it's that's not the problem um so anyway nintendo made a few announcements at e3 as we probably all expected the the uh, i almost don't know where to start but as far as the way the press conference goes basically we're all sitting down, and actually, we were doing the live stream. I have to just tell you the story here. So, live stream setup. I showed you guys. There's a video up on Lithcast.com detailing the live stream setup and how it works, and you know the times and all that stuff. And we got a deal worked out with BlogTV.com. It was great. Had an EVDO card we rented from Sprint because I had asked all of you guys to help raise some some money uh, for Lithcast, and so it was great. We had all this stuff really well worked out, and then. I get to the press conference. And wouldn't you know it, I forgot my the cable for my laptop, um, the power cable. 
which was which is, I mean, thankfully, I have a I have a MacBook, and so it's among reporters, it is a pretty ubiquitous laptop. I found somebody else there who was willing to say, "Well, okay, look, I don't need this cable as badly as you do," and uh, very nice, very nicely and very generously allowed me to use their laptop cable. But boy, I tell you, for a couple of minutes there. And when I was going around looking around, I asked the CNET people. The CNET people had this ridiculous setup, and they absolutely needed their power cables. So uh, I didn't take their 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 cables. Although actually, they offered. They're very nice. They offered me. Uh, they said, "Well, as soon as you need," said, "as soon as you run out of battery, just tap me on the shoulder." Because they were in front of me. They're sort of a, a riser for media, and they were in front of me. And they said, "Just tap them on the shoulder, and they'll they'll give me the cable." You know, and then they can run off battery, which was nice. And then I, but then someone else said they would just give me the cable. Uh, so that was nice. Um, but interesting story though. Um, you know, and, and E3 is always fun because you get to see some, it makes you feel a lot more important than you probably are, at least, at least in my case, you know, and I'm, I'm, I'm not a, a, a huge media outlet, but I get to see all of these people like, you know, people from G4 and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And the press conference starts out and out walks a newly hired executive at Nintendo. And her name is Cammy Dunaway. Now Cammy Dunaway is someone that Nintendo got from Yahoo. And I I almost don't know how to say this, but everybody hates her. I mean, and okay. I'm going to be diplomatic about this because to be honest with you, I think everyone's giving her a slightly harsh rap because I don't think she is I don't think I don't think people are quite in tune with what exactly is going on. Um, Cami Dunaway, as I say, they got her from Yahoo and she comes out and starts talking. She says, my name is not Reggie. Okay. That was good joke. Good joke. Um, I think people enjoyed that, but then it gets a little bit old because she starts talking about how she's a mother and how she went snowboarding and she fell down and the, the ground won her wrist lost yada, yada, yada. She broke her wrist. And so somehow that segues into Sean white snowboarding. Uh, and Sean white, of course, is a, representing San Diego, the snowboarder and uh, Olympic gold medalist. And by the way, the Olympics are coming up soon, but not the Winter Olympics. So not quite the same. Anyway, the interesting thing was that, I mean, she just kept going on and on talking to, I mean, I, I this is what I was going to say. She really talked to, down, to, not down to the audience, but maybe talked to the audience in a way that She's like, like almost in a way that, oh, you're all a bunch of video game fans. You all are, you know, there was a very funny animation that Arbiter, our former lovely and talented, still lovely and talented, but former moderator, um, had as his uh, signature, which was like, it was basically her kind of yakking away and saying like, puppies are cute, beat my boss, blah, 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 because... You know, she was she. You know, of course, at Nintendo, they like to have the executives play a certain game against each other. Uh, this was actually a game called Wii Sports Resort, which they showed off a little later. Um, it's a sequel to Wii Sports, and it's like kind of beach type sports. Um, you know, and that's that's fine. They also and that's gonna be taking advantage of something that Nintendo revealed called the Wii Motion Plus, which they had actually revealed a day before the press conference. Um, so let me, let me just back up for a second here. So Cammy Dunaway is somebody that, you know, she just kind of talks down to the audience. I mean, she assumes, I don't know if she talks down to the audience, but I think they, 
and I, I'll be honest, I think it's just people blame her, I think. And while I can't say she's necessarily, to, at least in my opinion, the most admirable of all people at Nintendo, I mean, certainly not. But I think people will give her a little too hard of a, of a, of a time because I think she is from like this sort of something like, some sort of something like my, my mom would say, but she's from a different, like she's from a different like background. Yeah. Yahoo. Now, yeah, it's a tech company, but you know, she probably knows of video games as something that is for little kids. She's probably to some extent stuck in the GameCube days. And I bet if she was actually work, I bet, I bet if, if she was working at, um, I mean, heck, heck, maybe she's not even wrong, but, but I do think that, um, that there is a, there's a little problem because she just, she was not a very effective speaker. And I think the problem actually is, and I think I don't blame her. It's not just the content of the, of the conference, which was not all that great, but also the speakers, because I think Nintendo knew very well that they didn't have anything good planned. Um, and I and actually, it makes me wonder why. Um, and I'm going, I mean, I'm going to be critical here because I have very strong feelings about what I'm going to say, but I have sort of had time to think about it. Uh, Kevin Cassidy from GoNintendo.com has, he had an interview and he went soft on us and he's now, he's now, on, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm, I'm kidding. I mean, he, I'm not kidding. He actually sort of did once go soft on us, but I understand where he's coming from. Um, because a lot of people have been very fed up. A lot of people have been saying Nintendo doesn't care about the hardcore gamer anymore. Heck, I actually even wrote a letter to Nintendo, you know, sent snail mail, and I actually got my response. I don't have it in front of me, but believe me, it doesn't. It's not particularly interesting. I'll talk about it a little bit. But people have been saying that Nintendo doesn't care about the hardcore gamer anymore, and you know what? That might be true, but believe me, I gotta say there is, to some extent, there is. It's not. I know. I know it isn't true. I think it's obviously an exaggeration, but I think it is rooted in something that is true i mean it's just like what people say about stereotypes i mean stereotypes are very ter- are mean terrible whatever but there's always some truth to stereotypes otherwise they wouldn't they probably wouldn't be there in the first place uh so it's a, i think it's a similar sort of thing uh but basically what happened was they released a few things they talked about uh we sports resort they talked about this sean white snowboarding game which uses the balance board and then there were a few times in the press conference where I got very excited because especially when they were about to reveal Wii Music. Wii Music is a game that basically you don't have to have any musical talent. I'm not exactly sure where the game element is, but I guess there must be one somehow. Um, where you can basically play any instrument. You kind of hold the Wii remote so that it looks like you're playing that instrument. Uses the Wii remote nunchuck and even uses the balance board if you're playing the drums as a pedal. So kind of an interesting game, but at the same time, you know, how interesting is it really? But it got very exciting because all the lights dimmed. This fo- the fog came down. Some, and some, um, some very dramatic lighting happened. And I and I thought like, oh, great. Oh, nice. It's almost like the same lighting that you kind of see that picture of Miyamoto with the Zelda shield and sword. You think, oh, boy, he's going to... Someone's going to come out and announce a new Zelda, a new something. Now, granted, we had already had a new Animal Crossing was was announced. And, of course, I sort of, everyone sort of expected it because of all the leaks from these... The, 
these British Nintendo magazines, everyone had sort of expected a new Animal Crossing, and there is one, Animal Crossing City Folk, coming out for the for the Wii. Although I got to admit, even then, it seemed to me that um, it wasn't, you know, like, I mean, it looks essentially like the DS one. Not a big graphical overhaul, although I think Animal Crossing does have a very it does have a, a very uh, particular animation does have a particular uh, art style and I think it's tough to up that too much more, but I think they also revealed something called the Wii Speak, which is a peripheral that sits on front of your, on top of your television. In my opinion, it's really just a way. Just be, they should have they should have headsets, um, but they sort they they covered it up by calling it a community microphone. It's just really a way to cheap out um, and not have to develop a headset or have to worry about that, which I don't blame them. Um, personally, if it was me, I would have done Bluetooth headsets and because we has Bluetooth modules. Um, but I understand probably only four and probably not enough for everything still, uh, that does bring up the question of, you know, once we'd seen that they didn't like announced Wii music, it doesn't look like a particularly interesting game. And I, my heart sank several times during this announcement, during these announcements. I mean, this was really I mean, actually, I'll be honest. I mean, not only is it, is it like infuriating to some extent, but it's also deeply saddening. Because if you had asked me before E3, okay, Daniel Friedlander, give me the worst possible scenario. I mean, I'm a, I'm a very, I'm a very bull, I'm a very bearish investor in Nintendo. I'm gonna try. I have millions of dollars to invest. Give me the worst case scenario of what could happen in this E3. Be honest with you, it wouldn't have been as bad as what they announced. It just wouldn't have. I can't even believe the stuff they announced this, and that the fact that they pass it off and the fact that Cammy Dunaway has the audacity to later on a few days later in an interview to say, oh, keep playing Mario Kart. Oh, keep playing Super Smash Brothers. Like, that's great. And I think I think it's fine. I mean, I, this is something that really, I would say. It eats you up. But I think at the same time, it's you don't want to get too per. You don't want to get, you know, it's, don't get too personal. It's just the company here. So... You know, I, I sort of wondered, like, well, I mean, where do you know what? How do you feel about this sort of thing? Um, to be honest with you, I think everyone at Nintendo knew it was a really bad conference, and I think they knew it before they even went into it. Uh, the jokes were bad. The speakers, even Reggie. In fact, the best speaker there was Iwata. I mean, to me, I, I watched the video and I'm like, well, okay, you think, okay, who is the best speaker? Well, it was Iwata. And it's wise because Iwata had to actually, Iwata got to actually reveal products that didn't suck. He got to reveal Animal Crossing, which is probably the farthest from a really bad in, thing that they could, that, that, you know, farthest, the, the least bad thing. Of course, I'm looking forward to Animal Crossing, but they didn't get rid of friend codes and boy, am I mad about that. But I was considering making a pre-E3 show a show where I went over what I thought was going to be likely for E3. And I was going to go on this whole thing where I said, to me, it seems that the only thing Nintendo can do and the best thing they could do for themselves and probably the easiest thing they can do for themselves, and I mean, not the easiest, but one of the best things that they could just help them fundamentally would be to revamp Nintendo Wi-Fi connection. And I hadn't heard anybody else talking about it. And Arbiter, who actually did this really cool E3 betting contest, a bet, betting pool, he had a really cool thing where he would... Um, you know, and, and he put all the odds and he probably just humored me by putting in the, uh, you know, Nintendo will revamp Nintendo Wi-Fi connection just to humor me. But I really believed and I really thought that it was a very probable thing that would happen that Nintendo would actually go ahead and revamp their Wi-Fi connection service because it's it's awful. I mean, it's terrible. I mean, look at look at the PlayStation Network. I mean, this is ridiculous. I 
had said that Nintendo, this is their year to to do to, to save themselves to some extent. Um, and uh, I don't know. This is they have some very interesting stats as far as numbers go at the press conference. They talked about how almost nearly half of people buying DSs are girls, forty eight percent. That that that's an amazing statistic, and the fact they've been able to almost, pretty much nearly crack the age barrier and I mean, I mean the gender barrier um, and to some extent with the weave and the, and the, with the DS, the age barrier that that's amazing. But there is something to be said for this. And I, I know Nintendo doesn't listen to this podcast. I, I mean, I don't know that, but I assume they don't. They probably don't realize this, but I, I think they do realize this to some extent. And I will give you my position on it, but I'm actually going to, keep talking about the press conference there was a one other time when my heart really just sank in this press conference and it was just at the end it was like reggie said it was Re- reggie had come out and it was really getting close to the end like we were at like 10 minutes from the end of the press conference because generally they try to keep it about an hour but usually it runs over to being about an hour 10 minutes hour and five minutes hour 15 minutes because this is my third press conference so i'd sort of come to expect that it's going to run over a little bit uh so Reggie says, he gets out, he says, look, we've, we have this, we've got this, this is great, it's blah, 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 and he says, but let's be honest, and then I immediately jumped, I was like, oh, okay, Reggie's gonna say, but let's be honest, the stuff we revealed today is all garbage, what you really wanted to see was blah, 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 new Zelda, new Pikmin, new, you know, Mother 3 coming to the United States, new Wi-Fi connection, and it just, just bombard you, just absolutely maul you with titles, that would have been, if they had done that, that would have been like terrific. That would have been like an Apple Steve Jobs one more thing thing where the best, where the biggest thing is the very last thing that they talk about just kind of off the cuff. They just kind of throw over their shoulder. Like that would have been the best thing for them to do, but heck, they didn't do it. They said, well, let's be honest. We're really releasing great games or I forget what he said. The point is he didn't really, they didn't talk about really, really great games that really excite the hardcore gamer. And I'll tell you, this is, I'll tell you why I'm a little bit concerned and why, unlike maybe Kevin Cassie, why I maybe don't buy into some of these excuses. Um, and this is where we differ. I mean, I, I think he's a cool guy, but, and I know, I know he doesn't care about what I think. So, <laughs> um, so, um, you know, but I, you know, he's got a more popular site than I do. So automatically I care what he thinks. Uh, so what the thing is, is that, is this. I will, admit, I will admit, I don't think we're seeing any fewer titles, really, than when we were in the GameCube days. And I think that Nintendo's done a pretty good job of keeping the stream consistent. I mean, heck, the, stream, the flow of games consistent. Oh, good one. Wow. I can't wait to say that. Um, has done a very good job of keeping games and the way they are coming very consistent. And I, and I, I agree with that. And there were just, and to their credit, there may have been some hardcore announcements at E3, but they were really all from third parties. Like the guy told, like they said like, Oh, uh, star Wars. I mean, I, I guess I can't stand some of these interviews after post E3 interviews because they're like, look, we released games that the hardcore is going to love like star Wars and, and call of duty five, which is being developed by Treyarch who apparently sucks. And Oh, Oh, and don't, let's not forget about, um, um, well, I forgot. And there's some things that they're passing off a lot of these third-party games as the hardcore titles. 
And I, I I'm sorry. And I mean, it's they, they. I don't know who they think they are, but they're not Microsoft, like, or they're not Sony. They're Nintendo. Nintendo's been around since the '80s. They are the oldest console manufacturer still around. They've got first party titles that everybody loves. I'm sorry, even though Halo is great, I guess. Like, they've had three installments. There are not Halo fan ways. I remember growing up with Halo. Whoops, uh, sorry, folks. I had to go pause that there. But I guess what I was saying is that okay, back back into rant mode. I, I'm sorry, Nintendo is not Microsoft. They have become like they're sort of like um boy, how would I say this? Uh, you know, I, I think I would almost say they're like they're like Apple in a way. Why do people buy Apple computers? Is it really because the hardware is good? I mean, I'll be honest. I, I have Apple hardware and I love my Apple hardware. But really, it's the software that people buy Apple products for. It's because the Mac operating system. It's because the iPod interface. It's because of iTunes. And it's not because of the hardware. Now, granted, you're getting good hardware. and But you're buying it for the software. And you're buying it for the first-party software as well as the third-party software. But the first-party software is very important. What app, what Nintendo needs to understand is that they are not Microsoft. They're not Sony. They can't. They've had a legacy going back to the 1980s. They cannot rely on the third parties to give them the hardcore titles. Certainly, they need the third parties, and certainly they should be talking about the third parties. But the fact is, people go to a Nintendo E3 press conference for Nintendo announcements, and the fact that no good software comes out of a Nintendo announcement for the entire year. I mean, this is where we we announce the games for the entire year, and this is E3. I don't like how Nintendo tries to tell you afterwards, like, oh, well, E3 has become a conference where we no longer want to reveal hardcore titles. Where are you going to do it? Leipzig? I mean, you guys don't even you guys didn't show up last year. I don't think. I mean, PAX. I mean. Yeah, PAX is great, but I don't think... I think if you're going to announce a hardcore game, I'm sorry, i got to say, E3's got to be the best place to do it. And if you think that the casual gamers are following E3 and going to E3, I'm, I, let me, I've got news for you. As someone who talked to only well, only a very small sampling of the people in the audience there, I can tell you none of them were, were casual gamers saying, Oh, I'm, I had my 80th birthday, and I bought a Wii, and I decided to come to E3. Because I felt I wanted to see what, what new casual games they're coming out with these days. These kids at Nintendo, they're so they're so crazy. I, I I'm sorry, nobody nobody went into Nintendo nobody went into the press conference saying this. Because E3 is a hardcore event. I don't care how much the ESA wants to wants to absolutely destroy it and mess it up and make it a useless event. But the fact of the matter is the people that follow E3 are hardcore gamers. The reporters are all hardcore gamers. If you're going to let people in like CNET, Lithcast.com, GoNintendo.com, I don't I wonder who you who do you think reads these publications? Do you think it's do you think it's the do you think it's the grandmas and grandpas out there? Do you think it's the do you think it's the do you think it's the women that that you're trying to apparently appeal to more than the men? I mean that's fine. I, I'm all. I mean I have to, I understand what they're saying. There's a huge demographic they're not they're not tapping into, and that gaming in general hasn't been able to tap into real well. But I mean, come on, let's be honest. When they try to when they try to blow off questions and say, "Oh well, it's because E3 is not a hardcore event," that's absolutely ridiculous. And to say that you think that the third parties, like a Treyarch, Call of Duty Five, is going to make up for what people were expecting. People were expecting a. I mean, people wanted as someone who was who works at the Hylia. People wanted a new Zelda game. That's just the way it is. I mean, the fact is, if you can't deliver what the fans want, people get a little bit upset. In fact, people got very upset. And that's not good. And 
it's really not good. I mean, I say people get upset. That's not good. What's really not good is when it's not just the people, when it's not just people. It's actually your hardcore fans who made you who you are and without whom you would not have lived through the GameCube days. And I think to say that anything else other than this, to say that, to try and say, oh, well, we still care about the hardcore gamer. I, I agree with that. But you're not showing us anything more than than what we're than what we got in the GameCube days. And you guys are sitting on a pile of money. As I said, I read an article in the Wall Street Journal yesterday saying you guys had thirty percent increase, thirty percent growth. Your board member, I believe, is now the richest man in Japan because of his stock options. I, I'm sorry if you can't if you cannot come up with some extra resources to give us more than what we got in the GameCube days, and you're going to throw the money, squ- throw away the money, squander the money on things like these these useless. Uh, like casual games, like oh, I think we'll. I mean, and I actually, I have, a, I had a few theories about um, the E3 press conference, um, and they're all bogus theories. I'll admit it. Um, but I'll let me get to the serious stuff first. My thinking is that Nintendo knew this was going to be an absolute dog of a press conference, and I think they, I don't know why they knew it, but they absolutely knew it, and they knew that it was not a press conference that people were going to receive well. So to be honest with you, I don't know why they presented. I mean, they might as well just have canceled it. In fact, the most exciting announcement, one of the most exciting announcements, was this thing called the Wii Motion Plus. And actually, I got I got that announcement in a text message from Nintendo. Uh, odd way of telling me, but yeah, I got a text message from Nintendo the day before the E3 press conference, and that talked about Wii Motion Plus. And when we mentioned Motion Plus, is just because I should explain it because it's going to be probably a an important peripheral in the future is a little attachment that you put on the bottom of the Wii remote, sort of where the nunchuck sits, and it supposedly gives you one-to-one movement. Now, that might be true, but Cammy Dunaway was really bad at playing Frisbee. That's all I know. That's all I know. And I guess it just offers additional sensitivity for the Wii remote. Um, now, some people have said, well, look, if you've, if you've got to release a peripheral that is that is only making... I mean, what does that say about the Wiimote's accuracy? Especially because... He was talking. Reggie was talking a little bit about how there were going to be imitators to the Wii, and there were. I mean, there definitely are going to be imitators for the Wii that are going to want to do motion controls because they've seen it's been a success with you guys at Nintendo. But the thing is, I think, I mean, these are incremental changes. The Wii Motion Plus looks like an incremental change. We'll see it when we we'll see it when we play it, though. I guess we will see it when we play it. Um. And because I'll be honest, I had not gone. To, I see. I would have been able to play, but the thing is, I actually never did not get to go to the actual E3 conference itself. I only got to go to the press conference because of stupid things that I don't know, <laughs> very dumb things. Let's just say that. Um. So, what are you gonna do? The other thing that was kind of interesting was that, like I say, I think Nintendo knew it was gonna be a bomb. Because the day before their press conference, Microsoft had their press conference. And that was the same day they revealed the Wii Motion Plus. Um, now, and I think, I'll tell you why this is such an underhanded tactic that they use with this Wii Motion Plus. Because as great as the Wii Motion Plus is, like that was it. That was the best thing they revealed. And they revealed it the day before. It got everyone thinking, oh my gosh, oh Nintendo, this is they're trying to get this, this trying to get this is a must be a minor announcement compared to what they're gonna announce tomorrow. They they're they're just getting this out of the way because they're gonna announce something big tomorrow. And so this is gonna be oh, this is gonna be good. Let's let's not pay attention to Microsoft. I mean it's it's under it's an underhanded thing. I mean it's it's fine that they do that marketing thing, but if you're gonna if you're gonna do that, 
give me something that tells me why I should why I should my attention should deviate from Microsoft's press conference. I mean, I've got an Xbox and I've got a Wii and I I mean and I and I'm a Nintendo fan through and through. But I I mean, you're just it's a it's a cheap way of taking away attention. What you should have done is yeah, it's fine to reveal Wii Motion Plus. It's fine to steal attention, but if you're going to do that, you got to back it up. It's just like what if I went and I said uh, if I'm, it's like me making a claim saying I'm going to back it and, and saying me making a claim and not even backing it up. That's essentially what some I mean, and publicly disgracing somebody. That's what essentially what they did to Microsoft. And yeah, I'm actually telling you that Nintendo was did something a poor, um, deplorable to Microsoft. And I I'm going to I'm going to call them on it because it wasn't look. I mean, look, they essentially said. Microsoft has their announcement. They probably had some real hardcore titles, titles people care about, titles that they actually had to work to do to create, titles they had to they had to get, you know, real third party titles, real first party titles, real, just real, you know, real titles. I mean, and I, I, I now I'm not saying Microsoft's press conference was the best press conference ever, but I'm just saying that Nintendo comes in and they reveal this Wii Motion Plus thing. Which to me seems like it has a lot of possibility. I'll be honest. It's just like the Wii. It's like the Wii balance board. The the, the devils in the details, or should I say, the good things in the I don't know, not that's not a good way to put it. But the interesting part is not the game that they show off. Wii Sports Resort, that's terrific. But the interesting thing is what what it can do, like what it can do for sword fighting. Which actually there was a sword fighting game in Wii Sports. I mean Wii Sports Resort. But what's interesting is more the peripheral. Um, but the entire. The entire conference was really awful, I gotta say. I mean, you can watch it and you'll know what I mean. Uh, it absolutely, I mean, like I said, I don't regret going. Of course, I, I feel so privileged that I can go. I mean, I, I really, I absolutely thank all of you guys at Lithcast for doing that. I mean, that's the only reason I could do that is because of you, is because of you guys. Um, you get to go to the press conference. So, you know. At any rate, uh, there is this thing. So, okay, let me, I keep forget. I keep deviating from the point here. The point is that Microsoft went through the trouble of probably getting a real press conference together, like a real one without condescending, like, like, Oh, you're so cute. PR people. And without, but then without like, um, Oh, let me talk about my son and how much he loves me because I give him video games, PR and press conference and executive people. They probably put together a real press conference. And Nintendo reveals a Wii Motion Plus, which is fine. Like I, I'm all for I'm all for Reggie taking names, but like, that, but then to then thereafter not follow through on any sort of what was sort of hinted on is kind of low. Like it's almost like, I mean, it's like, okay, it's like let's say I was a company and I had a press conference, and then Company X, because their their press conference is the next day, the same day as mine, says. Guess what? Guess what? Guess what? We're gonna announce. I'll show you. We're gonna we're announcing a brand new drug into the market. Let's say I'm running a drug company. It's a drug that will cure any form of cancer and any any disease, not just cancer, just any disease. And we're and here it is. We're releasing it. And we're gonna talk a little bit more about the applications of this drug tomorrow. Which is actually what they did. They talked. They said we're releasing this peripheral. And we're going to talk a little bit more about the application tomorrow. It sounds exciting. Wow, a cure-all drug. But then the next day, the company says, "Oh, 
Well, we we weren't lying or anything. It's just it only it cures all diseases, but only in a rare, um, highly mutated form of grasshopper. It doesn't actually work on humans at all. That is essentially what happened. I, I worked hard to put on a real press conference, a re, like a real, like isn't awful press conference, and you essentially not while did not lie, did not exactly back up what you were going to be releasing with any reason to actually care. But for that one day, because it was shrouded in mystery, stole my thunder for absolutely no reason. And so I, I, I criticize him for that. The other thing I, 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 I will knock them on is for their, um, I, I just can't overstate enough. Nintendo has to understand that they are their own best friend. And as much as they want the developers to help them, and as much as they probably want third-party developers for the Wii, the real fans want Nintendo games. I'm sorry. That's just how it is. At least that's how it is for me, and that's how I think it was at people at the Hylia. People got excited. There was this really cool thing actually out, and it was, I mean, it was fake. Turns out it was fake, uh, called Project Deluge. And Project Deluge, Deluge means, just means flood, by the way. Um, and Project Deluge was um it was a it was a fake interview with um the um not Miyamoto but the other I, I can't it's like I, I can never pronounce his name I know I know I have I can have the name I just I'm sure trying to avoid saying because I know I'm gonna say it wrong E.G. Aonuma the other guy at the guy sort of in charge of Zelda but not Miyamoto sort of a fake interview with him talking about, you know, this new Zelda that sort of takes place. I don't wonder if they stole this idea for me because I'm actually did an April Fool's joke with Win- with um, the Hylia and about how there's a new Zelda game coming out and it's going to take place right after, you know, like how when you're in the, in, you're playing Wind Waker and at the very beginning it has that story and it says, oh, but the story, no one, no one is around knows the tale, but the story, story survived on the wind's breath or something. It's sort of like, well, okay, technically a story can't survive on the wind's breath. So like it has to, do something else to survive. So the source, this was sort of an interesting story about this boy who goes crazy, thinks he's Link or something, and actually isn't Link. So it'd be like a Zelda game that doesn't star Link. Although people argue that Minish Cap also doesn't really star star Link. Um. At any rate, the interesting thing was that this is this is just a lot of hype, and I don't know Nintendo. I mean, obviously. They can't have a Zelda, new Zelda game ready all the time. But there's a very cool, uh, I think it was a, I think it was an article on purenintendo.com. A very cool article, and this is the sort of thing that's always, I, I think these are always the kind of, kind of fun articles, where they said why Nintendo should announce a new Zelda and, and DS. Another thing, people were also expecting a, a DS redesign. I mean, there were a lot of things people expected, people, or, or another version of the DS. People were expecting things, and Nintendo just did not deliver. But what they did is they actually went and they actually started, I believe, is it at Ocarina of Time? Okay, I'll let me go through the list of this pure Nintendo article. I'm going to actually, for one thing, I, I'm also going to put this into the show notes, although I'm pretty much going to give you all the contents of it. Um, but so this article said, you know, they sort of went through the timeline. This is, and they said, um, they said, okay, The Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time was announced December 95, released November 1998. Um, 
Majora's Mask announced June 1999, released October 2000. Wind Waker announced August 2001, released March 2003. Twilight Princess announced 2004, uh, you know, May 2004, released November 2006. Ocarina of Time was released um, in November of 98. Majora's Mask was announced only eight months later. Majora's Mask was released in October 2000. Wind Waker was announced only 11 months later. Wind Waker has, was released in March of 2003 and Twilight Princess was announced just 15 months later. Twilight Princess was released November of 2006 E3 2008 fails in the month, wait, falls, excuse me, not fails, although actually it does fail, Freudian slip, I guess, falls in the month of July. It's been 21 months since Twilight Princess. So this would actually make it, so this is, the way they say it is they say, this is the longest time we've, we, we've waited for a Zelda announcement for, for a console in over 13 years. This is the perfect time for Nintendo to announce a new Zelda for the Nintendo Wii. Many people believe it's still too early for Nintendo to announce a new Zelda, but looking at the past, we are overdue for one anyway. Um, as far as handhelds go, they also have a new DS summary. They're using the same logic. Now, I'm not saying that this kind of logic applies. I mean, this is just one of many factors to consider when deciding when to release a new DS. I mean, how about sales? Um, you know, Reggie showed some charts at E3 that showed that Nintendo's sales hadn't actually really slowed. I mean, from a money standpoint, not from a stay ahead of the curve standpoint, but from a from a from a monetary standpoint, it actually probably didn't make that much sense to release a new DS anyway. They're on they're on the upswing. Anyway, the Game Boy Advance was announced in two thousand and one. Reveal released, sorry, announced two thousand. Released June of one. SP was released March of three. DS was announced and shown at May May four. That's when Lithcast was. Was, was that's when my interest in Nintendo really picked up, by the way, and released in November of 04. The DS Lite released in June 2006. The Game Boy Advance was released in June 2001. The Game Boy Advance was released one year and 10 months later. The Nintendo DS was announced in May of 04, just one year and three months after the SP was released. Um, the DS Lite was released in June of 2006, one year and eight months after the original DS. The DS was announced two years and 11 months after the Game Boy Advance was released. The Game Boy Advance was on store shelves for about three and a half years when the DS was released. It has been almost three years and eight months since the DS was first released. Um, now, of course, that's the original DS, you know, the 2004 style, that, you know, the kind of grayer one. And if the numbers are any indication, then there is a possibility that Nintendo will announce a new handheld this year's E3. Obviously, we know this is not true now. Um, but since the DS is not considered part of the Game Boy line, this thinking could be flawed. The DS sold extremely well, but recently sales have dropped. I doubt that, actually. It would seem that an ideal time for Nintendo to announce a new handheld. Um, but anyway, Nintendo didn't, did not uh, reveal anything. And uh, so, well, what are you going to do? But I'm just saying there was all this, like the fact that someone put this, put this much work into kind of figuring it out. I mean, just goes to show, I mean, this is not even, this is just one article. There are a lot of people that were expecting a new DS, a new, a, a lot of things, a new, you know, Mother 3 for the United States. They were expecting a lot of stuff. I'm sorry. I mean, they, Nintendo had a lot of opportunities. 
And I think they knew going ahead that, that it was not going to be a good press conference. I mean, I said earlier that Iwata was really the best speaker. And the reason that was is because I could just... Because Reg is, Reg is a good man. I mean, Iwata's a good man too, but he's got the accents. That was a little tougher to tell. But Reg is a good man. And so he's he, he's had, he has he has he has trouble lying through his teeth to a bunch of fans and telling them that this is really the best thing. That this is going to be that this is this is this is this is the good stuff. So I think Reg had some problems lying a little bit. Um But uh look and I don't criticize I, mean, I do criticize, but I don't criticize the extent that I'm like, oh, I write this person off as an absolute, an absolute idiot, like you know, Cammy Dunaway. Because look, I think when when Reggie first came to Nintendo, he didn't know all that much. But he came to Nintendo during a time when it was like it was about the hardcore gamer. I mean, he came during the you know during the time when it was Nintendo needed something. They there was something to fight for. Where now they're 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 on easy street right now. And uh, I think, you know, Cammy Dunaway, she, that's all she knows. All she knows is Easy Street there, um, at least at Nintendo. So I don't know what, you're gonna, what we're going to do, but huh, I think that there is, there is hope. The other thing that's kind of interesting, is, I, I got to say, is the fact they did not get rid of friend codes. Now, I've been a, someone who's been fiercely opposed to friend codes since, you know, really since they first were announced. I mean, and, you know, I, look, I, I, I hate friend codes and I thought this was the E3 to get rid of them. Or talk more about we pay and play. Whatever happened to we pay and play? I mean, I think I know these announcements are there, but like, do they really think that E3 isn't the place for the hardcore gamer to get their news? I mean, I mean, think about who covers E3. And I said this before. I mean, yes, of course, there's MSNBC, but they're not like G4 where they dedicate the whole day to E3. They're not like Kotaku.com, IGN.com, where they essentially convert their entire site to being an E3 pool. I mean, to be an E3 portal, like GameTrailers.com. I mean, who do you think goes to these sites? Do you think it's the old guy? Or do you think it's do you think it's the the young the young woman who's never played a game in her life? I think that they have to realize that the people that are watching E3 are going to be the hardcore gamers. And if they feel that that's not the place to reveal hardcore games, that's, that's a real relief for one thing to me, because it hopefully means that they'll release something a little later on. But it also means that they don't realize what E3 is for. And while I think that ESA has to a very large degree, has very, to a huge degree has lowered the credibility, not credibility, but lowered the awesomeness, shall we say of E3. I think they're going to have a tough time absolutely killing it. I'm not saying, I'm not saying that they want to. I'm just saying that what's what we see now from Nintendo is not what we need to see. What we want, I mean, and I, and I, and I doubt that any of you guys are disagreeing with me here. What I think all of us want is we want we want a game we want games that that make us feel young again you know what I mean like games that we grew up on the titles that we've come to love I mean I really expect a new Zelda title I mean boy tell you one thing I mean I, I, yeah it's a mixed bag because it means I would have been really busy at the Hylia but it also means that I that um I mean I won't get to experience a new Zelda game at least not in the foreseeable future now Miyamoto and the rest of them talked about how difficult it is to develop these games now I understand 
believe me, I understand that this is difficult. I mean, I, when I say believe me, I don't really mean believe me because I've never actually developed a game really. But I understand that it's difficult to do. I mean, it, if it if it was so easy to do, more people could develop a Zelda game and it wouldn't be a big deal. So I, I could sympathize with the fact that it's it's tough to develop games. But what I don't get is that we're only getting GameCube we're only getting we're only getting a GameCube a GameCube size a number of games. Look, I loved I loved the GameCube. That was that was fine. But I also think that you guys have a lot of money, and not not the least of which was thanks to your fans. I think yes, it's marketed to some extent. It's it could be because you guys are you guys are um it's all for you, baby. Larson P are wait did you well sorry, actually wait a minute. Sexy to the extreme, that's what I thought. All right. Uh sorry. And I think that's because you know well, I lost my train of thought there. Oh, oh, and I also remember the other hardcore title they're going to sort of rest their laurels on, which was Grand Theft Auto Chinatown Wars for the DS. But anyway, what I was going to say, though, was that you, you guys need to understand that people love your titles, and they expected a new Zelda title. They expected Pikmin. They expected Mother 3. They expected a new DS. They expected something, really. Heck, you know, all you guys needed to do was just show a Zelda trailer. I mean, do you, do you I mean, does anyone, does anyone here disagree with me? I don't think that if Nintendo had just shown a Zelda, even if they didn't give a release date, I mean, I think they should have, but I think they should as well. Um, but if they just shown something, I think they would have had a lot, you know, they just shown a trailer. I mean, wow, the response would have been so much better, I think. I mean, I wouldn't probably have even gone on this rant. I mean, I, I mean, I, it sent a very clear message to everybody that, I mean, and fat, probably very, very well said by, um, when I was packing up to, to get out of the press room, uh, wired.com who was also next to me. They were on the right of me. Chris Kohler was there from wired.com. He got on video. I don't, I haven't seen the video yet on wired, but I remember what he said. I don't know if they edited this, but he said, hi, I'm Chris Kohler from wired.com and I am here and, and you know, I, we're here at Nintendo's press conference where Nintendo has effectively said, if you're a hardcore gamer, we don't want you. So that is exactly what he said. And it was, it sent a very clear message to everyone who was there. And, um, that maybe you don't want the hardcore gamer Nintendo. I mean, and I think, like I say, the, the other position is that Nintendo doesn't, it's not that Nintendo doesn't care. And you're right. Nintendo does still care, obviously. If they absolutely didn't care, well, you know, I think they would do something else if they absolutely didn't care. I think it would be a, we would look a little bit different, you know. But at the same time, though, I think we have to understand that Nintendo, you've got a, if you're a Nintendo, you've got a huge stream of revenue here. You have an amazingly large amount, a you know, huge profit. I mean, let's say the Wall Street Journal the other day just talked about a essentially a 30 I think say 30 something percent 
increase in profits or in growth or I forget what it was actually. Um, that's that's huge. I mean, I understand that there's only one Miyamoto, but I mean, what exactly is it that is slowing development? I I think you guys could put more into development, and I think if you guys had, you guys have to realize you don't want to alienate your core audience because you guys mess up once on let's say maybe make a Wii Sports is a little too hard for the average hardcore game for the average um the average gamer or for the average uh, casual gamer or you make a Wii Sports game that's just not good or you make a Wii play game that's not very good or something like that or you make it too expensive the if you want to really break out of that the hard the casual gamers are going to dump you like like that they're just you're, they're gone they they're gone overnight they don't they couldn't care less about you they don't love your company you have fans that actually love your company and I think you need to realize that and I think you do realize that I just think that you guys are choosing to capitalize on stuff more um you know and as somebody who is a Nintendo stockholder and I probably should disclaim that but I I do own Nintendo stock I you know, I'm glad that there was an increase in profits, although actually the stock was down like 8% yesterday, what gives Nintendo. Um, even though I, you know, I think this is great for profits. Having a bad company and having a bad stock, while they always, there's always an old saying, love the, love the stock, not love, was it, love the, uh, love the company, not the stock. The idea being that you don't, you practice things and you're, you're sort of, you know, you don't get loyal, you don't remain loyal to a stock. You you don't remain loyal to a stock just because it's a stock, because a stock could go down. And people always say, like, well, you know, sometimes maybe the company might not be the most wholesome company or, you know, whatever, but the stock might do well because it's just the way business is. And I think that's true to some extent. But I think it catches up with you. And I think if you alienate your hardcore base, I mean, it's just almost like, I mean, if the Wii was an absolute flop, and the third parties just did not touch the Wii. You guys could still live if you guys were making Zelda titles, making Pikmin titles, making Mario titles, making other titles. If you guys did that, you guys could still live. I mean, you guys would just have another GameCube era, but you would live. You can, I mean, you can bet that you guys would do okay. Now, if it was an absolute flop and you guys continued just to make these casual games and the casual gamer didn't want them, they're not going to, they're not going to stand in line on November, late November, it was November nineteenth when the week came out, two thousand six. When it's when it's cold in most parts of the country, they're not going to sit outside for for a system that they may not endure, that they may not love, that they don't love. But your hardcore fans will, and I mean, I think you guys, I think, I think the impact of that, while I think you guys understand to the extent when you say like, oh, I understand, I don't think you guys really understand because this. It just amazes me how how dedicated your fans are. And, you know, people get tattoos of your franchises on themselves. Like it's, it's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. And you guys, I think you're treating your fans, to quote myself, in a manner disproportionate to their service to you. And so that's my two cents with that. I also think, I mean, of course, it's never over, but um, I also think that there have been steps by you guys that just, have not 
you know, shown the hardcore fan that they need to be there, that they're being loved. Now, believe me, because they're the hardcore fan, they'll live through even this stuff, even this, even this nonsense with, uh, with more Wii sports games as opposed to anything we wanted to see. They'll even live through that, but I don't know. I, I, I don't, I don't think it's ever really, I don't think the limits of Nintendo's fan have really ever been tested quite this this way they have been tested like nintendo wasn't very successful with the gamecube and those limits were tested and the fans pulled pulled out and they the fan the fans they didn't pull out sorry they the fans stuck with you guys and you guys ended up triumph you guys you guys triumphed in the end and while you guys say that it's because this console is a machine that anybody can play. I'll agree with that. But I think if it weren't for the hardcore fans that were standing out in front of, in front of stores and making a real show of their, of their loyalties to Nintendo, I don't think you would have gotten the camera crews there. And frankly, I don't think you would have gotten the sales either. So I hope you'll think about that when you guys create games. Other thing that disappointed me, and is another thing that I oftentimes talk about here on Lithcast, is the destruction, the absolute, the absolute mess that they're making out of the Pokemon franchise. When I, I was at E3, they showed some more Pokemon Mystery Dungeon games. I think I speak for everybody with a 17th of a brain when I say these games are really awful and they're not fun, and they're not Pokemon games, and you're just milking the franchise for the name. And I think I've ranted about this same franchise every time. The fact, and this, this is why I think when I, was, when I was saying that Reggie had a problem, because he just couldn't lie through his teeth to a whole audience of people that knew he was lying through his teeth. Because he said something like, and we're bringing that, fran- we're, we're going to be showing off the DS with Pokemon. And he, I think he kind of held back a little because he realized, like, well, it's not technically Pokemon because it's actually a ripoff. It's actually just a puzzle game that we're just ripping the Pokemon name off. And so, I mean, I think he almost said that. I think he actually almost said that. Like he was, I think he was nervous because I think he just didn't want to lie through his teeth to everyone like that. But I think he, uh, look, he said it. And I think you have to understand that these Pokemon games, these mystery dungeon games are just a sad excuse for, for games. I mean, not even Pokemon games. I mean, the fact that you would, give such a prestigious game franchise and you would reduce it to something like Pokemon Mystery Dungeon, Pokemon Trozy, Pokemon Dash, Pokemon Ranger, Pokemon... I mean, God, there's so many of these things. The fact that you would reduce it to this level is, is just really, really sad. And Diamond and Pearl, yeah, that was a real that was a real game. And I'll, I'll give you this. We just saw a new Japanese uh, commercial for Pokemon Platinum's coming out, has come out. So pa- Pokemon Platinum's on its way, but then that looks okay. But that's really just a remake of Diamond and Pearl. I mean, it's just, you know, it's it's not the remake, but, you know, it's that sort of third game that Pokemon likes to, it's sort of a, sort of like I would call it almost like the after the aftershock. You know, it's where it's like, uh, I've actually, I affectionately call these the aftershock games because they're, you know, like, because it, it's like red, yellow, red and, red and blue, and then yellow, which is Pikachu, so has the word shock. Okay. You know, so I, that's what I call them. But, at any rate, they, um, well, that looks okay. You guys just have absolutely destroyed the Pokemon franchise. I mean, and I don't blame you guys. It's just, it's just, 
something like Pokemon, like with the trading cards, as much as I hate to say fad, it's, it is a fad. I mean, they're like Yu-Gi-Oh cards, like Pokemon cards, they're like Digimon, they're like whatever other fads people had. Uh, they're like Furbies. I mean, they're just, those things are a fad. And Pokemon, like with the trading cards, not with the games, but with the trading cards, and maybe with some extent with all the with the with the tops and the action figures and the all this other stuff, this was all a fad. And I think you guys are trying to bring back the fad, but I'm just telling you, that's fine. People still play Pokemon games. Don't worry. Don't worry. Don't worry about it. It's still a very high-grossing franchise. You don't. It's not real tough. We're not making it real tough for you here. You just gotta. You just gotta release the games that you guys know that you guys know how to make. The guys at Game Freak know how to make. The guys at Creatures Incorporated know how to make. Don't worry about it so much. We're not making this tough on you. But you're certainly making it tough for yourself, and you're certainly making it tough for me because, I mean, boy, am I glad that nobody really calls those real Pokemon games. I mean, I'm glad everyone can see the difference because they're really just spinoffs. I mean, they don't even deserve to be spinoffs because they have nothing to do with the actual game, except maybe Ranger has sort of some catching theme to it. But these are games that are an absolute I mean they're just they are like I say they are milking the franchise it's sort of like what Konami does with some of these you know other franchises they have I always I use the analogy of the Yu-Gi-Oh games they are going to they're going to release one haven't announced it but I can guarantee you probably they're going to release something actually they announced they're going to do something something Yu-Gi-Oh racing game but it's going to come out this holiday season why is it because the developers had a great idea and wanted to expand on the franchise and wanted to do whatever? Nope. It's because they need something for the kids to be able to buy in during the holidays. And look, that's fine, but it's just realize it's not good for your franchise necessarily. And I think that's how it is with Pokemon. So, with that said, I think we, we've we got about an hour and a half here done on Lithcast. Um, actually, a little, actually, maybe like an hour 35 here done on Lithcast. And uh, so, I think that's probably going to do it for today. Um, this is really the post-E3 episode. Uh, just to recap, as far as what we talked about today. Talked, a little, talked about E3, talked about the birthday contest, happy birthday Lithcast. Uh, of course, to send me ideas for a contest, go ahead and send those to nintendopod at gmail.com, nintendocast at gmail.com, daniel at lithcast.com, post them on the forums, however you want to do this. Um, and then, you know, you can uh, take it from there. If you have any other questions for the podcast or for me or, or for me, uh, any of those email addresses works as well. Of course, you can go to lithcast.com, click the contact button. That'll also do it. Uh, and so those are all ways to get in contact with Lithcast. So if you have ideas for contests, for prizes, anything, go ahead, let me know. Um, so thanks a lot, Lithcast listeners, for listening to this week's, or this, well, this week's, today's episode of Lithcast. I look forward to seeing you later. Let's hope, maybe Nintendo can get their act together a little bit more for E3. I'm going to be going out of town. Um, and let's hope the Zelda soundtracks get up there quickly. So, like I say, please send me in your, uh, please send in your uh, comments regarding what you think we should do for the contest. 
Um, other thing, of course, I don't I talk about this every so often, but the Nintendo podcast folding team. You go to folding.stanford.edu, download the GUI tech screensaver, Linux, Windows, Mac client, whatever, PS3 client, and um, donate your computer's PS3 or whatever idle time in the name of the Nintendo podcast and Nintendo. Um, the team number is 45501. Give that when prompted, and you'll be all set. All right, this is Dan Freelander from lithcast.com. This is Lithcast episode 45, August 1st. Happy third birthday, Lithcast. I'll see you at the next I'll see you at the next podcast.